So in case you missed it, the past few weeks have felt like a year, and it's been an emotional roller coaster to say the least. But as we mentioned, we deserve joy in every phase of our lives, and especially during this time. So tune in for a good laugh and get into this week's episode. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to a brand new episode of Brown Coffee, Black Tea. It's your girl Ty. And it's your girl Sabria. Checking in from the 334. We're back together again, you guys. Reporting live from Arvin, Alabama. <laughs> Y'all, we are back in the city how does it feel (sighs) it honestly just feels so crazy it feels so weird it's very weird very very weird yeah i spent a month in south carolina after coming from new york and south carolina didn't feel that way to me but i guess it's because i only spent summers there Mm-hmm. And when I spent summers there, the only people I knew were family. Yeah. And my cousin, who was my age, he he lives in Baton Rouge, but he used to come there during the summers, but he was the only person that I knew. Mm-hmm. And so now as an adult, I don't know anybody there. Nobody knows me there, so it's fine. But being here, baby, I ain't even gonna hold y'all. Y'all. <laughs> I straight up dodged somebody the other day. Straight up dodge them in Kroger because I was not trying to have no little mini reunion. Me and this person have not spoken in a while. Probably like nine years, coming up on 10 years. And we were very close back in the day. But not so much so now. But not so much so now. And I straight up dodged this person and her mama. I just can't do it. But that's the thing. It's like, I think (laughs) Ty and I both now truly realize that we have come from small towns, Mm -hmm. that we grew up in truly small towns. I think that we started to understand that going to UAB, being in Birmingham, because comparing Birmingham to Auburn, Opelika is just like, it's different. Birmingham is a lot more diverse. It's a lot bigger. There's more to do. But coming from D.C. and New York, shout out. I went out to eat. Listen, went to go grab something to eat. Sitting outside of some place in Opelika. Having a great conversation. You know, being our free selves. Talking about whatever. All of a sudden, somebody rolls up and I'm like, Ty, I know them. And it's a parent. A parent with their child sitting behind us. Now, our grown, quote-unquote, selves been out here living these lives. <laughs> <laughs> Talking all crazy. And had to realize that we were back in a small town where we can run into people that we know every single day. Everywhere. Literally. like I have, At any time. I have this um, shirt that says, women don't owe you shit. Oh, yes. I just got it back. <laughs> Shout out to Liz for giving me my shirt back. But Ooh, I stood at Liz's sunglasses. <laughs> Liz, Anyways. if you're listening. <laughs> Liz, I got your glasses. It's okay. I'll give them back one day. But I have this, this shirt that says, women don't owe you shit. And I contemplated putting it on. But then I was like, <laughs> not only do I live with my grandma, who also saw my background on my phone that says, get shit done. And she looked at it. She said, does that say? And I I turned it on so she could see it because you know what? I'm grown. (laughs) So I looked at her with the look of like, yes, why? Yes, it does. (laughs) And she said, we just going to say that say get shirt done. I said, okay. Whatever you need to say to comfort your mind is fine. Whatever it is that you need to tell yourself, but it does in fact say get shit done. So... I mean, I didn't say that to her, but, you know. Right. Can't get crazy. So, I was like, well, 
can't walk out with this because my grandma is going to say something. But then I thought about running into people that oh, I knew yeah. from back in the day. Yeah. And then I was just like, Lord have mercy, no. Because then somebody's going to go tell the church member. Mm-hmm. We're going to go tell my grandma. My grandma's going to be mad because her granddaughter's business is out mm-hmm. in these open like streets. Mm-hmm. So I've just decided that I'm going to have to retire the shirt and just, like get back to a place where I can't <laughs> really be grown. Because I feel stifled. <laughs> it really is just like coming back home puts you back in the place of <laughs> you're not only out here in the world representing yourself <laughs> but you represent your family yes. your family's friends they yes. friends and if you're from the south you child. understand it like <laughs> you understand it it ain't no way around it like Listen to me. I talk a good game about mm-hmm. being grown. Mm-hmm. And I still stand behind it. Like, it's just some things where I'm going to still do it. Right. And here's the thing about being grown. Let's talk about it for a second. Is that whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to stand behind it. Now, yes. I might not <laughs> openly do it in front of my grandma first. Mm-hmm. But if she asks me about it or if she finds out about it, I'm going to stand behind it. Because I did what I did being grown. <laughs> Yes. Being the grown woman that I am. So I'm going to stand behind it as the grown woman that I am. Mm -hmm. That being said, if you are from the (laughs) South, (laughs) you also understand. You're going to limit your grownness. You're just going to limit your grownness (laughs) for a little bit. (laughs) You're going to calm it down a little bit because who has time for that argument, okay? Nobody has time for that. I don't live here. I'm visiting. It's an extended vacay, okay? So That's the other thing that comes along with it. When you haven't been home for a long time. And all of a sudden you are home. It's like, oh, so-and-so's home. And everybody remembers you in a certain way Mm. or has a certain idea of who you are. So when you come back, it's like you don't necessarily want to, like, shrink and fit back into whatever their thought is of you. But it's also like you kind of got to ease into the new person that you are and ease them into that as well. Mm, that's a good point because I've been trying to like just throw it at my grandma. <laughs> she probably like, listen. My grandma called me bossy. <laughs> she said that I was coming in here trying to take over, but then she said she don't care. So, y'all, two projects that I said I was going to work on coming home. My granddaddy's house, my grandma's house. It's so much stuff to be worked on <laughs> that I have just decided that I have to remember Girl, you don't live here. here. You don't have to be comfortable here. Mm -hmm. They do. And right now, they are comfortable with the way that they live. Yeah, I'm trying to come in and change the way they eat, change the way they clean up, change the way they take care of their entire houses. And at this point, I have just washed my hands (laughs) with it because not necessarily with my grandma. My grandma claims she doesn't care, but she will question me about everything that I've done. Yeah. I bought my grandma a new shower liner and a shower curtain. Because she only had a shower liner up. <laughs> what did she say? And I also bought her a new shower head. Because the old one, no ma'am. And so, <laughs> she said, I got the um, liner first because I couldn't find um, a curtain that matched the little rugs that she had. So, I finally found one. So, I opened it today and she was like, well, you just changing everything. She was like, when you finish that, I want you to start on my room. First of all, yeah, right. Like, you're not going to let you me come don't. in here and start on your room. Because, sweetie, if you want me to, I say will. the word and I will. I, I will change this whole house around. Y'all, like, my high school bedroom or childhood bedroom is still the same purple that it was since I was 12 years old. When my granddaddy came from Charleston, South Carolina to paint it. <laughs> I still have this comforter. My comforter, I was obsessed because you could turn it. uh, It was like reversible. Yes, thank Mm -hmm. you. I couldn't find the words. (laughs) (laughs) It was reversible. And on one side, it was like a darker purple that had like all of these purple lips on it. Mm -hmm. On the other side, it was a lighter purple. Why I feel like I didn't see this comfort on everybody's bed? Because I'm sure you have because I'm almost certain (laughs) that it was from Wally World. Okay, yeah, Um, that's what it is. So... I have that. Um, the sheets were purple. My granddaddy done burned a hole in them sheets too with a cigarette. Anyway, <laughs> girl, the memories. Yes, and then my high school, um, senior year poster for class president is still on my wall. 
And it's a picture of me with my hand on my hip with this little off-the-shoulder shirt. But it was Ugh. high school. Did it have the off-the-shoulder, but it was like that peeping shoulder? Mm-mm. What's the shoulder shirt? Uh, like the cold shoulder? Cold shoulder. I hate <laughs> I hate a motherfucking cold shoulder shirt. It depends on. I guess some of them can be cute. The ones back in the day was really not that cute. Now, we used to sport them around, but they weren't that yeah, cute. Yeah, not the ones back in the day. I had one, like, a, a couple of years ago that was kind of cute. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, so my high school senior year class president poster is up there with a little picture of me. You know, you used to glue the little picture on you and then write in permanent marker. And it says, stay fly, vote for Ty. <laughs> and Period. Yeah. Period. <laughs> I'm weak because I'm just thinking about that picture. And honestly, just like, I didn't know you at the time mm-hmm. when you were doing all that campaigning. But knowing you now and knowing you in college, even better, I can only imagine what that was like in high school. And knowing Mariah. Yes. <laughs> Child. That's a whole nother story. But yeah, it's so, it's just really interesting being back, y'all. Ty and I were talking about rooms earlier. This is the first time Ty's actually been to my house. And so I was given like a little quick tour. Um, And so we stopped by, you know, I showed her my room. Same thing. Room is purple. It's been purple since mm, middle school. I have a tray ceiling that has words on it like dance, fly, soar, <laughs> believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Still, <laughs> still written up there. You know, everything is the same. But it's also kind of like, I will say very comforting, I think, being home. There are times when I'm like, man, I just want to be grown and out on my own <laughs> in my own apartment and do what I want to do. But I also have been really grateful for this time to just minimize distractions, Mm. to be surrounded by things that are familiar, people that love me and care about me. Um, All that has just been really helpful since I've been home. And it hasn't been for that long. I think I've been home for like almost a week or so. But that's been a lot of our conversations lately, just like how we all know what God got going on or what is in store, what the universe has in its plans, but it's just very necessary. It's just proving that this time is just so necessary to be close to loved ones and just reset. Yeah. It's kind of an eerie feeling, honestly. It is kind of weird. Um, even me and one of my coworkers, my supervisor, actually, we're kind of talking about how, like, she's going home to visit her mom mm-hmm. um, because she has this, like, just eerie feeling that, like, it's the time to go visit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've had the same feeling that, like, it, I... And I think we've said this before, but, like, there's a... Obviously, there's a reason for everything. Yeah. But I also feel like there's a real reason why why I'm here. Yeah. And I'm trying to steer away from, like, the negative part of it. But if I can be honest with y'all for a yeah. second, there's a part of me that feels like, you know, maybe I'm getting this time to spend with my grandparents because I won't have this much time to spend with them in the future. Yeah. And, and if I'm being really honest, what that feels like is that I won't have that time with them in the near future. Yeah. Like, yeah, to be honest, like, especially because I've never had to see either of my grandparents go into the hospital if it wasn't for some type of procedure, Mm -hmm. like some type of procedure that we were aware of. And so back in May, my granddad had to go to the hospital. So there were times when I was there um, all of August where he he sleeps a lot these days, but I would go in his room Mm -hmm. just to see if like. He was breathing. Yeah. Because I was like, what if this is the reason why I'm here? And obviously, like, I know I shouldn't think like that. But it's also very normal during this time because everything is up in the air. Yes. Yes. So you got COVID on top of the fact that, like, my grandparents are elderly. Mm -hmm. And they've hit that kind of curve where it's kind of just like, you know, anything can happen at this point. Yeah. And so part of me has just been like, you know... Even when they've both gotten on my nerves to just kind of like be present in the moment and just be like, but I'm getting to spend time with them that I wouldn't 
otherwise never have had. I haven't spent this much time with my grandparents, y'all, since I was in high school, Mm -hmm. since I was 19 years old. So that's nine years ago. So definitely been really grateful for that. But like even, you know, switching from the negative to the positive side is just like, I feel like there are other reasons why we are also home that either we've started to see um, or we still haven't seen yet. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It really is just like a big, I don't know. (laughs) I think Tana actually said, I don't know, on the phone earlier about everything happening for like two minutes straight because there are really just so many unexplainable opportunities that have come up I know we talked about that on previous episodes um a lot of interesting ways that things that we have been wanting or just thinking about are starting to align um just a weird time and I think I also you know second ties um or your it's so weird at times we're like tie mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like you Anyways, y'all. Um, <laughs> but second that, just like feeling that fear, honestly, honestly, mm-hmm. I know, I know, I think during this time we are all trying to avoid being fearful and being anxious, but I think it is important to just allow space for that, to allow space for our honest feelings We don't have to dwell there, but allow space to feel everything that we're feeling and then move towards the positive. But I think for me, there is this sort of eerie, constant feeling of fear. And I don't really know what it's connected to. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what's going to happen if something you know, maybe negative or bad will happen, but I do have this kind of like sinking feeling that maybe I am here for a reason such as that. But also, again, on the upside, I am seeing so many um, positive things and positive reasons for me being here right now and excited for that as well. I think it's just a mixture of the fact that like, we're still in a pandemic and this yeah. this year in general even outside of the pandemic has been so uncertain yes so i think especially for black people and we talked about this last time i think for some reason we're still like waiting yeah for the ball to drop but there have been several balls so many right now we're in mcdonald's playroom in the ball in the ball in the ball pen because they're all falling around so many balls have dropped right now so i don't know i think it's that level of uncertain uncertainty but i also think uh it's a place for us to just trust ourselves and trust this divine intervention that like whatever Whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that we could do at this moment to to stop it, to Mm -hmm. prevent it, to anything. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just having to having to switch that out. But I think the fact that we are still in a pandemic, I would also ask like, what we're in September, Mm -hmm. so we're in the last quarter. Last quarter, we have been. I mean, what is this oh, year? <laughs> we have been in How this pandemic. How did we get here? For two quarters of the year, literally. So, for these two quarters that we've been in this pandemic, what what types of lessons have you pulled out of this? What what <laughs> what has come about during this pandemic? Woo wee. Uh, <laughs> where where do I even begin? Where do I even begin? Um, hmm. Definitely the first in talking about, you know, what is for you will be for you and plans. I have definitely realized that, and I, and I guess I should say have known, but it's just been emphasized during this time that we can make plans and they can be so great and we can have the best intentions and then be the most thought out. But those things change. 
And at the end of the day, we're not really in control of what might happen or or the ultimate outcome. You know, I think it's so good to plan, but I realized this year that I can't be so, and Ty and I have talked about this, and I think you even talked about your own experience, but I can't be so attached to uh, what I want and the outcome that I'm looking for that I don't allow for that change to happen. I don't allow for new opportunities to come about. That's one thing that I have definitely realized has definitely been emphasized um, with this year. And I mean, I think it's evident in me being home. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did not have any intention of coming home all. or coming to the South. But as I said, you know, I think it's proven to be a really good move. Um, I mean, <laughs> y'all. It's a lot of other lessons, and I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into it, but Ty, what's one lesson? Because <laughs> we're going to have to ease in, you know. We're going to keep it honest, and we're going to keep it real, but we're going to have to ease into these other lessons, y'all. Mm-hmm. So what's one for um, you? I would say that a lesson that I have learned <laughs> that my grandparents are teaching me <clears throat> is that you cannot change people. Oof. Um, Oof. I mean, I really don't think y'all know how how I really thought that I was going to come down here and change, folks. Like, I told my granddad, because part of the reason why he was in the hospital before, he would be so mad at me if he knew I was on this thing. Aaron, not his business. Anyway, I'm going to tell y'all, though. Um, <laughs> he had a stomach ulcer. Um, lost a lot of blood. And my granddad is like a junk food eater. He, like... You know, Sabrina can't even witness this. Like, he would eat, like, once a day Mm -hmm. and then just eat junk food for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And so I came down here thinking, like, oh, I'm about to cook him some healthy meals. And, like, (laughs) you know, he's going to eat all this healthy stuff. But they were, like, good healthy meals, y'all. And even, I mean, in my book, some of them weren't actually even healthy. They were just, like, full meals, which I was more concerned about him eating, like, a full balanced meal than like it being you know clean eating per se yeah so what was the first thing i made him (laughs) okay so number one i was like making him breakfast and he would just like he's he's a southern country breakfast eater he won't bacon and eggs sausage and eggs maybe add some oatmeal to that every now and again maybe even grease or maybe salmon croquettes and grease I said salmon croquettes. Salmon croquettes. I don't even call How them you that. Supposed to say? I call them salmon cakes oh, or salmon cakes. patties. Actually, Sa- salmon patties is what I actually call them. I'm on this thing trying to be out proper, <laughs> talking about some croquettes. I call them croquettes. I think I call them croquettes. I think I've always called them things salmon, salmon patties. Um, but so that's the type of person he is. So. For the longest, like, for that first week or two that I was there, all he wanted was, like, sausage and eggs. I'm the type of person these days where, like, if I have, like, turkey sausage or turkey bacon and eggs, I usually put fruit mm-hmm. and probably even a salad on that thing. So I knew he wouldn't eat the salad that early in the morning. But I was <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to throw him some berries on this plate. First day, he ate them. Second day, I saw some of my cantaloupe slices in the trash. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And that's when it began. <laughs> I was like, okay. The next day, I was like, Granddaddy, what you want for breakfast? He said, just bacon and eggs, no fruit. I said, okay. <laughs> All right. So, skip to dinner, right? Please. The first week I was there, I didn't cook a lot because I was, like, still trying to, like, clean the way. I don't know about y'all, but, like, in order for me to cook in a space or be in a space, I kind of have to, like, clean it and make it, to, it to, like, your, to your my liking. Right. Yeah. So... After I did that, I can't remember what the first meal I cooked was. Oh, I cooked pasta. Yeah. And he was, like, in love with this pasta. And he wanted me to write down how to make the sauce and all this stuff. So, that was the pasta. The pasta was fine. It was stuff that he liked. But, like, let's be real. Pasta ain't healthy. Because this pasta definitely wasn't. It was angel hair. It had butter. Cream butter. This one didn't even have cream. Oh, but it yeah, had lots of butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of butter. Mm-hmm. It was a shrimp scampi pasta. Y'all know scampi calls for a lot 
mm-hmm. of butter. So, made him that pasta. That was fine with him. Can't remember. Cooked a few meals in between then. You made salmon at some point. But then, oh yeah, I made... That cream salmon. I made a creamy garlic salmon. salmon. So, I made a creamy garlic salmon. He really liked that because he liked the sauce. The thing about my granny is that he likes anything with sauce. He likes a gravy. He likes a gravy. Because he kept saying, um, oh, yeah, make something with a gravy. And that night, he asked me for mashed potatoes. But I was like, I'm not making mashed potatoes. I'll make you brown rice. So, made him brown rice. So, I went grocery shopping. I was like, okay, I'm going to hook my granddaddy up with some <laughs> Tuscan chicken. Please say what you say. And if you know, like, a lot of, I've given, like, some of y'all my Tuscan ch- chicken recipe. So, you know it's good. So, I hooked him up with some Tuscan chicken. Some homemade mashed potatoes and some steamed broccoli. The meal was hitting, y'all. Hitting. <laughs> hitting. If I do say so myself. <laughs> hitting. He had eaten a whole bunch of candy. And so he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't hungry. He wasn't hungry. But he ate a piece of chicken, but didn't eat my mashed potatoes, which the day before he had just said he wanted mashed potatoes with other meal, but I didn't have the stuff and I wasn't going to get the stuff to make them. So I made mashed potatoes. He didn't eat the mashed potatoes. He ate one piece of chicken, said it was good, but didn't eat anything else. So the next day I'm like, okay, it's enough food in there because the way I cook, I'm going to eat that day of, and I'm going to at least have one meal for the very next day. So I was cooking double that to make sure that he had the same thing I was having. The next day, y'all, I'm heating up my leftovers. My granddaddy had gone out somewhere. Tell me why this man come in the house with some Chinese food. And now you felt what it feels like (laughs) for parents to have cooked. Now I felt what it feels like for you to cook for a man. That too. And he not be appreciative. And go out. And buy something else. The nerve. The audacity. Literally, that is exactly how I felt. I was like, the nerve. Because I slaved over this meal. (laughs) Over this hot stove. Over this hot stove. (laughs) Over this hot stove in this kitchen. And he never touched it, y'all. Never touched it. And my granddaddy, he's the type of person, he'll eat whatever um, for a few days. But he never touched it. And I was shook because I was just like, no, 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 my food was good. <laughs> you up there, you up there questioning yourself, like, what could it be? I was like, no, because I know for a fact this meal is good. I had just given it to my friend Courtney. He sent me a place, a picture of his plate where it looked like he had scraped every bit of it up. So I know it was good. So I'm just <laughs> trying to understand. Courtney, if you're listening, Ty really did play you on that. <laughs> <laughs> But he never touched it. And then there was a day where I went, you know how sometimes you go grocery shopping and you're like, I may have gone grocery shopping, but I'm not cooking. You're not cooking. Well, that's about every time. Exactly. Anyways. So I still decided to cook, but I was like, I'm going to do a quick meal. Yeah. So I bought the P.F. Chains, little bag, you know, little bag. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about this. (laughs) <laughs> How about the PM chain? The meal is little, all ready together. Right. So the only thing I needed to do was cook a little rice. Mm-hmm. I got some little frozen egg rolls out of the freezer section. I was like, oh, this is going to be quick and easy. Throw the little bag in the skillet, heat that thing for a little while, put it over some rice, egg roll, while like, you got yourself an Asian cuisine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm in there eating, and it wasn't even that great. I was like, maybe I should have got a different P.F. Chang's bag, because it was one that I had never had before, but I was like, okay, it looks good, because all the other stuff that I used to get, I, I don't eat anymore. So, I was like, okay, well, it's fine. The egg roll wasn't the brand of egg roll that I usually get, so that wasn't that great either. My granddaddy came in there. He left it up. Lapped it up, y'all. And he was like, you got to tell me how you cook this stuff. So he said, cook this stuff. So it seems like all, all my other meals were good, right? It's all right. So he was like, you got to tell me how you cook this stuff. So I'm like, granddaddy, it all came out of a bag. It came out of a bag or a box, <laughs> period. And he was like, this came out of a bag. He was like, see, I like stuff like this. You know, I like stuff with a little imagination. So then I was like, reflecting so, on every other meal that you could make before then. So what you're saying is that my meals are plain. <laughs> There's no imagination. There's they no lack creativity. They lack, <laughs> they lack character. <laughs> you gotta compete with PF Chains, clearly. I like, because I was like, so 
my food lacks character to a bag of pee of fucking chains. Yeah. What? Precisely. So at that point, I was like, what you mean to say? I ain't say this to him, but in my head, I'm like, what you mean to say is that you want unhealthy, mm-hmm. greasy, gravy filled foods. What he's been used to eating. What he's been used to eating. Mm. And it was at that moment that I realized <laughs> that you can't change nobody. <laughs> because on my way out, I've been trying to like make sure he was doing like little things to take care of himself when I'm gone. So on the way out, we were like, we ran to the bank really quickly and then went back to the house to pack up the car. He was like, yeah, I'm going to be just fine. He was like, you know, I really like Chipotle. So I'm going to eat at Chipotle once a week. I'm going to eat at, um, we went to this seafood place, like a Juicy Crab or whatever. He was like, I'm going to eat at Chipotle once a week. I'm going to eat at King Crab once a week. And I'm going to eat Chinese food once a week. That'll be enough food to last me each week because I always have leftovers. And in my head, I'm like, but where is the healthiness? (laughs) My granddad is the type of person where he'll order a whole bunch of vegetables from uh, the Chinese place and think it's healthy. (laughs) But it's covered in soy sauce and brown sauce and grease and all of that. And Mm -hmm. he'll be like, you you know, you got to get me something with vegetables. And... (laughs) (laughs) No, and good and well, they taste good, but it's not healthy. But it ain't healthy. But my granddaddy is also the type of person that he's like, you just eat small. If you eat small, you don't gain weight. Okay, but you also need to be putting healthy things inside your body. So, and you're getting the real taste of what it's like to not be able to change someone. Especially you're dealing with an, an older yes. adult. Yes. Like one and an yes. older man. Yes. Who is very set in his ways, has lived his life. Right. And this is what it is. He my granddaddy's like, I'm eighty one years old. I'm not the doctor told him he needed to stop smoking. My granddad was like, I'm not gonna stop smoking. I've been fine this long. <laughs> he was like, I've been smoking all my life. <laughs> okay. So Lesson of the freaking year. You cannot change anybody. You can. You cannot change anybody. So are we going to get into these other lessons that you've learned? Uh, dun, dun, dun. <sighs> Drum roll, everybody. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really honestly trying to think of where to start because there have been so many over the course of the year. Hmm. So I guess... We'll start here. Big things, and this is probably going to be all over the place, just go with me. (laughs) So, you know, I think when we first started out these episodes and first started just talking about our own personal journeys, personal growth, things that we've been working on, vulnerability was one thing that I talked about a lot in the beginning. And over the course of the year, that has been something that I have really been trying to work on and embrace. Um, And I think I've really seen how allowing myself to be vulnerable and to be honest in, you know, maybe romantic relationships and just friendships with family, whatever it is, that there's so much power in that and so much freedom that can come from that. And so I think that's been a huge lesson that I have learned while it's been difficult. I have felt better, so much better, when I've actually pushed myself to be honest and to open up to people because, I don't know, it's just so much easier. Once you actually do that, it's just so much easier to live and breathe and go on through life Mm -hmm. so yeah that's like just a little tip (laughs) of the iceberg of lessons but that's one thing that I've really seen um for myself this year honestly lately y'all I've been having a lot of conversations with Ty a lot of conversations with my friend Matthew uh just about my own journey to discovering more about myself um they've definitely given me a lot of pep talks real conversations honest conversations that I've needed because I've definitely throughout this year 
been down on myself and down about just different circumstances a lot. I've been really sad at times and it's been hard to like pick myself up out of those different situations um, because I do and I, I've said this before and I think there are a lot of people that identify with this but feel things on such a deep level and I think about things for such a long time and you know everything I dedicate so much time to everything that happens in life basically I don't know how best to describe that but like (laughs) I really do if it's a conversation I have with someone I'm probably thinking about it the next day and the day after that and analyzing and probably overthinking that whole entire situation even though it's happened so there have just been a lot of instances where they have really like come through in addition to other friends but come through and like help me remember who I was (laughs) at the end of the day because I definitely especially when it comes to romantic relationships or just romantic interests or love interests um have had a tendency to just shrink under the weight of situations or um when it, just in those situations with someone that I'm interested in so when it comes to my feelings or my emotions or whatever I tend to put that on the back burner for the sake of the other person and one thing that I have learned and I've mentioned this before is just like you know it's not my job to manage the emotions of others it's not their job to manage mine you know that's not our responsibility our responsibility is to be honest with ourselves and to be honest with other people and let that truth fall however it falls. <laughs> let it land however it lands. You know, of course, saying things with tact and having respect, but leaving it at that. And I haven't done that. I really haven't done that. It's been It's been difficult at times. And I've also, one lesson and I think struggle this year... Maybe not even struggle. A lesson uh, this year (laughs) is learning how to really set boundaries in the way that I show up for others, in the way that I love, in the way that I give, because I have definitely, maybe, being honest. I have definitely and am definitely the type of person that will give and give and give and give and love and love and love and care and try to fix to the point of exhaustion and put myself in the back burner and think about other people before myself and my feelings or whatever it is. And so I really (laughs) had to come to terms with the fact that like that's not necessarily the best strategy when it comes to loving and when it comes to giving for myself because at the end of the day we've talked about having your cup being full having having a full cup and being able to give and pour from a full cup and it's like if I'm depleted then I have nothing to give and then that leads to resentment then I'm looking at the other person like well I did xyz for you Mm -hmm. why haven't you done this you know we become bitter And that's really not a healthy um, relationship dynamic. Dynamic. It's really not, yeah, it's not healthy when it comes to relationships. So I've really had to take a step back and be honest with myself and just say, like, Sabria, people aren't asking for this. Like, your friends, the people that you're interested in, they're not telling you that you have to love them in this way. They're not asking you to give until you're depleted and you have no energy left for them or for yourself. That's on you. That's the work that you have to do. It's your responsibility to set boundaries for yourself and decide, you know, how much bandwidth you have to dedicate to certain situations. And that's been really difficult. It has been really difficult. Because I love being this caring and open without constraints type of person. But I have seen, I feel like, to the extreme this year of how living that way 
can negatively impact me and how it affects my mental health, how it affects my mood, how it affects how I view life. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it's There's a, a lot. It's just so funny because I feel like a lot of these lessons, they just keep coming back around. They do. And so it's like, yes, we learn or relearn the same lesson or a lesson that we've learned mm-hmm. before, but it's it's... It's also like there's just something extra in this lesson that we needed. Like there was yes. there was an extra clause that needed to be added. Like this was, yep. you know, before the lesson was lesson number two. Now this one was lesson 2.5A. Yes. <laughs> and so I feel like a lot of these lessons just keep coming back around um, and coming back in different forms so that you can kind of like identify oh yeah so I knew I needed to work on boundaries but But this was specifically what I needed to work mm -hmm. on so and I think too I also realized that like everything that we want to happen shouldn't happen I know this is Mm. something we say this is something we talk about but everything that we want to happen even though we may think it's good or with the best intentions just should not happen. Mm-hmm. It's not the best thing for us, maybe right now or maybe ever. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I've had to come to terms with as well, just like realizing that the things that are currently happening in life, and I think Joel, we often talk about him, but Joel has a quote, you know, about how um, whatever is happening, you know, in the present moment, is here to teach me something. I'm mm-hmm. here to learn. It's teaching me a lesson. And that's one thing I've had to realize as well because I've wanted certain things to work out with people, you know, career career-wise, um in other aspects of my life and they haven't worked out that way. And now as I reflect, I'm like, "Well, damn. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to happen that way." Right. You know, from the start like what I have learned is what I was supposed to learn. What they have learned is what they were supposed to learn. We were still in each other's lives for a reason. Mm-hmm. I was still in this place or presented with this opportunity for a reason. But my desired outcome may not have been what was needed in this moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It may not have been what is, it may not have been the best thing in terms of me getting to the next level of my own personal evolution or for that person either which is hard again I'm not saying it's easy because listen we want what we want (laughs) it's quite difficult to turn away from that and to let go of that but you be missing every single omen missing it no the thing is we don't really because I can say quite honestly come on read yourself read yourself Baby, had my eyes wide open going mm. down the highway, mm. seeing all the signs, mm. reading every message. Well. And I said, listen, <laughs> I could get off on this exit, but I'm going to keep going a little further. I'm going to see how much further I I'm going to see go. how much further because my tank got a little gas left <laughs> and I'm going to keep on pushing to this thing just completely stop. Oh, my God. And I can say truthfully, that's exactly what I've done. But in that, I've learned a lot of great lessons. I also have to say that, like, you know, everybody has been on this whole, like, normalizing tip. Yes. And so I think one thing that we have to normalize is being able to also mourn a good situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I know that sounds weird, but something that's been coming up lately via social media, but also coming up for me, is that sometimes your right decisions and things that you know you should do will definitely feel wrong. Mm -hmm. They will feel crazy. They will feel like I'm not supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. But what that really boils down to is that it feels uncomfortable. And y'all know how we always, what we, how we feel about a person being uncomfortable. Whenever you are uncomfortable, that is a period of, that's a place in time where you are about to grow. Yep. Where there is something in you that is about to change yeah. that feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I think we need to really mourn or normalize mourning the things in the, or the, the things that things. happened that were like good, mm-hmm. but had to come to an end. Mm-hmm. So some friendships 
might come to an end, mm-hmm. but you have to, you're mourning because this was a good friendship, mm-hmm. but some things will come to an end or some relationships will come to an end. Some lives, you know, will unfortunately come to an end. Mm-hmm. And so you have to allow yourself to mourn what was, mm-hmm. um, even if it was good, um, and realize that some of the decisions that you do make will be the right decisions, Yeah, but they will feel wrong and you will have to mourn that. Yeah. And that's okay. I think, I mean, that's a testament to myself in terms of, you know, I would be lying, y'all, if I said I didn't miss New York. And that is mm-hmm. something that I never thought would come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. But I really miss New York right now. And I remember when I was about to leave, the decision to come home for these few months felt wrong. I remember mm-hmm. I called I called Aisha, I called Sabria, I called Nuka. I was talking to everybody. I was like, am I really about to go home, y'all? But I couldn't see any other way around it. Like, it didn't make any other sense. The the um, the pros were greater. The pros yeah. outweighed any. And there were really no cons to coming home other than I would be annoyed. <laughs> but yeah. then, like, moving back at, like, at the drop of a dime, I would be annoyed. But there were really no cons to it. There yeah. were so many other pros. And so there was no other way that I could see it. And I remember it was, like, a couple of nights before I was getting ready to leave, the week before I was getting ready to leave, I was so stressed. But it was a couple of nights before I was about to leave that I just sat there and cried for a moment. Yeah. And I think it was because it feels uncertain because I don't technically know. I mean, I can say when I'm going back to to New York, but the plan was not to go back until I started physically going to work again. Yeah. And so it felt so uncertain and it felt like, oh, like what if I'm actually leaving New York? For good. For good, and I don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. That's still kind of eerie to say. Yeah. <laughs> still kind of crazy to say. Because it very well still could be. It's an option, right? Like, yeah. it's an option. I think I'm going back to New York. My heart of hearts t- tells me that I'm going to be living in my Brooklyn apartment um, in the right. new year. But who knows? <laughs> but, like, who knows what will happen? So, yeah. I, I mean... I gave, I allowed myself to mourn that and to feel that piece of what it felt like it was being, I can't say ripped away from me, but because of the circumstances and what is happening in the world, it did kind of feel that way. It did kind of feel like, well, I had no other choice or I had no, you always have choices. So I won't say that, but I had no other reasonable choice to make. Like, why would I stay here? Mm -hmm. When I don't have to pay this New York expensive ass rent. (laughs) So I don't know. I think we we just really do have to mourn those situations and understand that sometimes we will make situ- or make decisions for the greater good that don't necessarily fit fit well with our hearts. That yeah. don't necessarily fit what we want to do, but it fits everything that we say we want to be, everything that we say we want to do, yeah. um, everything that we say we are. And I'll just say, I think it's so good that you were able to even say that to me like a couple weeks ago or a month ago, whenever we talked about it. Because I think at times, I I say I think too much. Just like I say like too much. (laughs) I know that I, at times, struggle to truly articulate what it is I'm feeling. And it is helpful when, as we've mentioned, our love for words, when I come across poetry, writing, or if I'm having conversations with friends, when they say something that clearly articulates whatever it is I'm feeling. And so Ty and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and she said to me, and I think you said this to me, you said something about how I was maybe mourning, not necessarily sad, but maybe mourning like once what once was. Like how DC used to be, mm-hmm. what it was like having your friends there, mm-hmm. all those things, and also because it was coming to it, an abrupt stop, abrupt an stop. unexpected stop, so unexpected. Yes, and so her saying that was like, oh shit, that is exactly how my heart feels. Like that is the exact word and exact emotion I'm feeling right now. Um. So I just think with that, you know, it's so beautiful to be able to discover new words to, you know, expand the language that we use around our emotions, around mental health. 
especially during this time because I think that has been really helpful for me too. Mm-hmm. Find like finding new ways to express all that I'm feeling mm-hmm. in this craziness. Because I also think a lot of times the reason why the reasons why we don't know exactly what to say is because we don't have the language and yeah. we, we've never been around anyone who had the language never been yeah. introduced into anything that gives us the language to do that yeah um and I think I said this before I can't remember um one of my favorite childhood series was mm-hmm. The Giver and like that whole it's not a trilogy now because in 2012 they added a another book um but if you know the story of The Giver um you know, a lot of their community is precision of words. So meaning exactly what you say. Mm -hmm. So don't say you're exhausted if you're not exhausted. You're just sleepy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, things that can kind of mean relatively the same thing, Mm -hmm. um, but still have some sort of a, a different meaning. And so one thing that I've been trying to do is really work on my precision of words when it comes to like speaking how it is that I actually feel and not just saying something because it sounds good and not just saying something because I think that, that that's what it is. Um, but really trying to like discover what it is that I'm really trying to say. So I think having the proper language is very, very important. So I feel like we probably talked y'all's ears off. Um, so instead of intentions this week, how about we do some final thoughts? Like it's a lot going on. What are some final thoughts that we have about life in this moment, about what we talked about today? What you got? Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about some of the lessons <laughs> we mentioned earlier and experiences that I've had this year, honestly, 2020 itself. Um, and one scripture that I used to always think about, actually an old friend. <laughs> How an old, old are you? An old friend. <laughs> How old are you? An old, old pal. An old friend, and actually an ex of mine, but I'm still very good friends with him. Um... Teach the rest of us. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's a... Yeah. <laughs> That'll have to be another conversation for another day. But one of his favorite scriptures um, that he actually shared with me in college is James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. But really a focus on 2 through, I'd say, 4. Um But it comes to mind because basically that passage talks about how you approach the perspective you should have when you face challenges and when you face difficulties in life. And this could be applied to relationships. This could be applied to how um, the perspective we have as far as 2020, whatever it is that you're going through. But it talks about just, you know, whenever you face trials of many kinds, understand that this is a testing of your faith. So, you know, I know Ty and I have talked about our relationship with God and how we're both still trying to discover what that looks like, you know, uh, create this this new relationship. Um, but this is something I go back back to often, and this is something that could be used even as you're thinking, you know, if it's the universe that you connect with or whatever it is that you connect with, understand that any tests that you face in life are there to really produce perseverance. They're there to help you continue going on. They're there to help you evolve as a person and ultimately help you become more mature, You know, the next part goes into let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mm. And ultimately, it's like, that's what self-sufficiency looks like. You know, it's like dealing with the challenges, taking the lessons, taking what you need, and growing. That's our goal. Let it do its work. And so I honestly kind of feel very emotional about that because it's just like, there are so many difficult things that we go through and so many situations that like are not necessarily ideal in the moment, 
But then you get to the other side and you're like, wow, bro, like, look at me. I'm shiny and new. Like, <laughs> I'm a better version of myself and this is something I could have never imagined. And so I just, like, feel, I guess, his final thoughts, like, very grateful to the challenges I face, very grateful for the people that have been a part of my life and are maybe no longer grateful to, for the people that are still here, but relationships and the way we approach things have changed. You know, I'm really just grateful for all of that. It's been difficult at times. I'm sad at times. I mourn it, you know, whatever it is, all the emotions, but grateful nonetheless, because listen, Y'all get ready. I'm trying to prepare myself because I don't even know who I'm about to be by next year. But Hello. listen, sis is about to be on top of the world and unstoppable and confident in every aspect. So that's what I got to say. <laughs> I'm honestly trying not to cry right now because that was a lot. But that's really what I feel. Yeah, I ain't even going to hold you. There was something about uh, the scripture. I don't know if you can see it in my eyes. I see. No, I, I saw okay, it, but I was trying not to cry because okay. it was welling up mm-hmm. in my throat. I felt yeah. it. It was sitting in the corner of my eyes. <laughs> because, no, that really is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Woo. It's real. It's real. Um, It's real. It really is real because just thinking about, like, everything Mm -hmm. like from childhood to now like just really counting it all joy yeah and letting it do its work because it will always be for my greater good yeah Woo. yeah i'm doing well though you are you're really holding it back and i'm trying to just because y'all know i ugly cry well y'all don't know (laughs) but i really ugly cry this is the type of voice you might maybe i have a cold (laughs) (laughs) um but no, that was a good final thought. I ain't even gonna hold you. It's kind of funny <laughs> because it's like the whole um, like I'm thankful for the people even if they aren't still in my life. It's also kind of like shout out to the haters for making me who I am. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the folks who doubted me. <laughs> but I also so true. but I also do think too, right? Like it's a question for you to also ask yourself when you think about like all that has happened to you, all that has gone on, all the times you felt, you know, wrong by somebody. The question would be, am I happy with the person that I am today? Mm-hmm. Hard question, right? Because it can go either way. Mm-hmm. That can definitely be a no. And so that can be some more work that you have to do mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that looks like. But if the answer is yes... Then the other question is, would I be that person had I not gone through some of these things? Bruh. Like, would I be the person if I do? Do I love the person that I am today? Am I happy Bruh. with that? And if so, would I be that same person had X, Y, and Z not happened to me a long time ago? Let me say this. <laughs> and I'll probably need to consult <laughs> with my friend about it. But I had this actual conversation with someone I was in a relationship with at one point in time, next now, had this conversation about, you know, different things that happen in life and the people that we are today and accepting the fact that, you know, maybe things didn't turn out well or how we had hoped, but like those circumstances have made us who we are and we are better people for that. He's a better man for that. Mm -hmm. I'm a better woman for that. Mm -hmm. And it's like a hard, it's a, (laughs) it's a hard place to be in, but also like, yeah, it had to happen. Right. Because I think sometimes when we think of these things in hindsight, it's easy to be like, oh, hell no. If I could go back and change that and not go through that, I would not go through that. I wouldn't want to do that again. I won't, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. You know yes, what I mean? We love to say that. <laughs> we love that. I wouldn't wish out. But worst. but again, if I'm happy with who I've become now, yeah, and the lessons that I learned because of that, yeah, would I be that person had it not happened? Mm-hmm. And for some situations, there is a sure 
no, I would not be. Mm-hmm. I would not be the same person had X, Y, and Z not happened. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some things I ain't even going to hold you kind of questionable. Questionable. I'm kind of like, okay, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe I have to go through that. I was about to say, there are definitely things in life that I'm like, I could have actually done without and I would have <laughs> turned out how I am. I now. still would have been the exact same. <laughs> I didn't really need that part. Right. Um, but I think like some of my key characteristics, um, like my, hmm. <laughs> think on it, kind of, uh, kind of not good all the time, but my, uh, ambition would not be, mm. would not be what it is had it not been for, the homelessness mm-hmm. as a child, the not always having food as mm-hmm. a child, the not, you know, like all of those things. I don't think I would have been as ambitious to make sure that I'm never back in that situation again mm-hmm. um, or to make sure that people around me are never in that situation again. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have had that same drive had those things not happening. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, it's like I'm also a tad bit of, not even a tad bit, I'm an overachiever, which also gets into my control issues. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, some things I could have done without because I ain't need to be this overachieving ass person that I am. Um, but on the other hand, like the reason why I am and the reason why I have what I have is because of that. So mm-hmm. just a question to pose to yourself. Like if some of y'all listening to us and are like, you know, actually I could have done with a lot of that. That's absolutely fine too. That but is- yeah, that's fine. But I think a question to pose to yourself would be if if I'm happy with who I am right now and who I am today, would I still be that same person had these things not happened? Mm-hmm. And also asking yourself, thinking about if you are unhappy with who you are today, whose responsibility is that? And where does that fault, and maybe fault isn't the best word, But where does that fall? Because there could have been circumstances in the past that were really beneficial for you. Maybe not ideal, but were essential and could be really beneficial to helping you become the person that you need to be. But a lot of times we stand in our own way. So we might be unhappy or blame situations or blame people and not see, well, here's our space to take responsibility and evolve did we do the work to really pull out the lessons that we were given at the time you know how how have we um what is our perspective on the things that have happened in the past Mm -hmm. how can we change that to get to a place where we are happy with the people that we have become we are you know appreciative of where we are in life just another piece to that because Listen, at the end of the day, one thing I've really been learning this year is that a lot of it, if not most of it, in life comes down to you. Mm-hmm. Even it if really someone, comes back to you. And I will also say this because, like, one, please understand that, and I think we've given y'all this clause before, but please understand <laughs> that nothing that we say on here is one size fits all. No. We understand that there are different circumstances for these things. But what I also will say is that even if people have inflicted um pain, pain. Mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. even if they have wronged you, and we've talked about this before, I think, going to the place of, of hurt for comfort, at the end of the day, even what people have done to you, no matter how wrong they are, um, unfortunately, is going to be our own responsibility to heal. Yeah. Um, they can't do the healing for us. Nothing that they do would do the healing for us. Mm-hmm. A person who wronged you could get on their knees, say they're sorry, do all of these things. Um, but if you haven't really healed from that situation, there's nothing. That's done. Yeah. That's done. So. Yeah. Just another little, another little nugget. Another little nugget. Another nugget little truth. Another little thing that we have learned. Hard and pills to swallow. Yes, yes. So, again, always keep in mind that whatever we're saying on here is because we have also experienced it ourselves, and we are probably talking to ourselves. Listen, <laughs> the thing is, we honestly be telling y'all current circumstances yeah (laughs) current situations without telling y'all the full story (laughs) right 
Y'all getting the tidbits and the walk around. But. Yeah. I think a final thought for me uh, is to stay present mm-hmm. and stay grateful for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, good, bad, or ugly. Stay grateful for the moment. Which I think Oof. really kind of rolls back into yours. Yeah. Like staying grateful for the moment because. Oof. <laughs> y'all, we struggling. We at the end, but y'all, because this Ooh. is so real. It's so real. But staying grateful for the moment because on the other side of that, there is going to Oof. be joy. Yeah. Even through it. Mm-hmm. Like, even through it, there is going to be joy on the other side of that. Wow. Ooh. Well, y'all. That's right. <laughs> This is, listen, it, you don't have to be, you know, Christian, religious, whatever it is to connect with this. But honestly, this is, and maybe we'll end up posting it or sharing it just so that everyone can have it. But this is really like a message that will help you stay grounded and just remind you of why it's so important for you to continue to push in life. And view everything through the lens of joy. Literally. It's hard, but it's like, it's such a beautiful thing when you can look at your circumstances, whether good or bad, and find joy in them. Right. And use them for your good and see that it's all for your good. So. And this ain't no, no, like, oh, be happy all the time. No, definitely not, y'all. Oh, like, when, <laughs> when some bullshit happens to you, you can just smile through it. Hell no. Sometimes. Definitely not. Sometimes you got to cry through it. Sometimes you got to be mad through it. Sometimes, whatever. You know, we're all about feeling your emotions. But just remembering on the other side of this. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit a couple of episodes ago. But just remembering that on the other side of this, there is joy. And even if we can't see it at the time you will probably be happy mm-hmm. that you that you went through some of these things to then create the person that you are now. So, yeah. woo, y'all, there's so much more that we could probably talk to y'all about. I mean, because maybe some of y'all are listening and are like, why are they teary-eyed over here? Like, maybe. what? But it's so many testimonies that could come out of that. Um. There, there will be some follow-up conversations, trust and believe. Listen, if anything, if any aspect or part of this episode resonates with you, let us know. Please. Hit us up. DM yeah, I got us. the Instagram, so DM us. The email, email us. Let us Leave know. a review on the episode, whatever you want to do, so that we know that you're connecting, you're listening. Because we want to hear from y'all as well. Like, we are getting through. <laughs> we're getting through. And you know what else we're doing? We're cleaning our shit up. So thanks for tuning in, y'all. And we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.